Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today on the Lifescaping for the Believer podcast. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Dylan Stevens, and I'm so excited that you're here. This right here is where we focus on beautifying and enhancing the life that God has given you. Beyond just calling yourself a Christian, what does it mean to walk intimately with God through Jesus, and how do we live an empowered life by the Holy Spirit? I promise you that your life on earth is so much more valuable and important than just acquiring a ticket to heaven. And though that's the best part, it's not the only part of the upward calling of Jesus Christ. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and be sure to share this with somebody who needs to hear the Word of God today. Friends, welcome back. My name is Dylan Stevens. I'm so thankful that you're joining me. Today is part two of our introduction series to the series I'm beginning called Living a Sin-Free Life. And I've already gotten some curiosity about Dylan. Why are you saying people can live a sin-free life? We're all imperfect. I'm going to get there. Don't worry. I'll explain everything. But today is only part two of our introduction series. So we're not even getting to the actual series just yet. Today is part two of our three ingredients for a solid foundation in Christ. You can't get to the living a sin-free life part until you solidify and settle in your spirit these three crucial ingredients and today we're talking about the second ingredient so to kick things off i've got a short audio that i want you to listen to so tune in closely and i'll get back to you in just a few minutes there was a recent study by the center for bible engagement where they pulled forty thousand uh, uh general population in the u.s from eight to eighty and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible. We hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map. Like, there was a heartbeat. Something happened. Again, a heartbeat. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it would be one, two, I mean, there would be a gradual incline on the effect and impact that would have in your life. But it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Four times a week in the Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, Bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in the scripture? If they're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, That's amazing right there. So what you just heard was the Bible instant, or excuse me, the Bible center. Wait a minute. Hang on. I don't want to get it wrong. 
the Center for Bible Engagement. So this Center for Bible Engagement did a study where they literally polled 40,000 people. And I think they're doing more than that now. They're actually redoing the study, I think, on a larger scale. But when they did this study, I think this was in 2019, they did this study and it literally, it blew people's minds, ironically, because the word tells you that if you'll get in the word, this will happen. But at four times a week, when you dive into the word, something radical happens. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about that radical thing. Turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 6. This is where we were last time. I'm going to quickly read what we read about. And then we're going to talk about our second ingredient for having a solid foundation in Christ. Thank you guys for joining me. Let's jump into this thing. Luke chapter 6, 43 says this. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? So we already know he's talking to people who profess to be believers in Jesus. When you don't do what I say, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teachings, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it was well built. In our last episode, we talked about coming to Jesus. That's the first ingredient. The most important ingredient is getting your life right with Jesus. Coming to Jesus, surrendering your life, putting on the new the new self, the new creation that God says you are when you come to Jesus first before anything else. You don't go get your life right and then come to him. You don't go try to read scripture and figure it out and then come to him. You don't go try to act right and then come to him. No, you come to Jesus first. He is the narrow path. He is the gate. He says no one comes to the Father except through who? Jesus. So after, go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. After you've got that first ingredient, our second ingredient is listen to Jesus. These have to be done in order. Jesus said these in specific order for a reason. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teachings. Listening to my teachings. What does that exactly mean? Well, in John 1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The most important thing to remember is that all Scripture points to Jesus. So just because it's not written in red does not mean it didn't come from the Godhead. All Scripture is God-breathed, in other words. So to understand that, we have to understand that listening to Jesus means diving deep into His Word. And when I say diving deep, I mean letting the Scriptures infest your innermost being, saturate everything you are. You're, you're listening to it daily. You're reading it with your own eyes. You're speaking it with your own mouth. You're conversing about it with other believers and you're sharing your faith to non-believers, having a total complete circle in listening to the teachings of Jesus. In other words, listening to the word. Why is it that listening to the word is so important? Why did Jesus say this? come to me and listen to my teachers. Why didn't he just say, follow or come with me and follow me? No, he said, come, listen and follow. He didn't just say, come and follow. He didn't just say, follow. He didn't just say, come. He said, come, listen and follow. Listening is a crucial thing. And in in a lot of ways, it's a lost art. Very few people know how to sit 
in the stillness of nothing and listen. You know how many people are good at hearing and not listening? In fact, there's a very big difference. Listening is being able to digest what is being said. Hearing could mean, you know, sometimes when me and my wife talk, I'll admit I'm not perfect. I have a bad issue sometimes with not listening correctly when my wife asks me to do something. She'll give me one thing. Hey, today I, I really just need this one thing done. Just one thing. And I'll do like 10 other things and be like, hey, I got these 10 things done. And she'll be like, well, what happened to the one thing I asked you to do? And I'll be like, God golly. And you know what? It just eats, it eats at me. I heard her. I heard her say she needs something, but I did 10 other things and not the one thing. It's an example of hearing, but not listening, being able to digest and understand. In fact, the wisest man to ever live was Solomon. And he said to his son in Proverbs two, my son, if you receive my words and treasure them up, then they will be, excuse me, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight and raise your voice, if you seek it like silver, and if you hide it like treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In other words, if you'll make it a priority to dive deep into the word of God, you will be sustained in this life. It is a crucial, and there's only three ingredients. This is the second ingredient. It is a vital ingredient. If you miss it, you'll miss out on the entire thing. You can't just follow somebody who's following Jesus. You have to do your part in diving deep into the word and letting it saturate you. You heard that audio recording of the Center for Bible Engagement. That when you when somebody chooses to make the Bible a priority, the word of God a priority, something radical happens. When you actually do it more than half of the week, and that's just four times a week. Imagine if you did it seven days in a row and you took time to sit before the father with his word open and let it read you. What is Matt? You know, when Jesus was being tempted in Matthew chapter four, when he went into the desert for 40 days or excuse me, into the wilderness for 40 days, what did he say when Satan tried to tempt him? His flesh was starving. His flesh was angry. His flesh wanted something. But what took took over? What was the overriding factor? Because I'm not going to lie. When somebody's hungry, there's not a lot that can change their mind. People get grumpy. They get angry. They get frustrated. They're irritable. And Jesus said, man will not live on bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God, not just some words, not just the words written in red. Those, those are extremely important. Every word and the word of God says that all scripture is God breathed. It all came directly from God and he used different instruments to put it on ink, to put it in ink on paper. We have to get this in our minds knowing for a fact that we cannot live this life without our spirit being fed. People feed their flesh all day long, but they refuse to feed their spirit. If you don't feed something, what happens? It dies. It gets weak. It gets feeble. What you feed gets strong and what you starve gets weak. I know that's a crazy revelation, but it's true and not many people won't admit it. Begging does not satisfy you have to feed 
You can't just sit there and pray your way into listening to Jesus. You Praying is not the same as listening. People spend so much time in prayer saying, Lord, just reveal yourself to me. Just do this. Okay, it's yes, pray that the Lord would reveal himself to you. But go to the word where he's already been revealed. In fact, there's a whole book, I believe, called Revelation, which is the revelation of Christ. There's four gospels about his entire life. You can feed your mind, spirit, and will if you'll get in the word. John 15, 3 says this, You have been pruned and purified by the message that I've given you. Jesus said, You are pruned and purified by the message I have given you. If you're pruned, if you were, excuse me, if you are pruned and purified, that means you are pruned and purified. It doesn't mean you have to do anything else. If you'll let the word do its job, you'll be pruned and purified. So I want you to write these three things down. God's word corrects, purifies, and empowers you. Those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. Let me say it again. God's word corrects, purifies, and empowers. One of my favorite scripture, actually it's becoming one of my favorite. I say it's my favorite. I didn't come across it until very recently in one of my devotions. It's in Jeremiah chapter 15. Now I'm going to go there because there's a little bit of preface I want to read. But the actual verse that I fell in love with is this. It's 15 verse 16. It says, I devour your words, O Lord. They are my joy and my heart's delight. If you go to Jeremiah... I'll give you just a little bit more about it. Just before Lamentations, Jeremiah chapter 15. Got to remember there's a lot of chapters in this book. Now, Jeremiah chapter 15 was all, it's literally titled Judah's Inevitable Doom, which means God was so angry with his chosen people. And Jeremiah literally goes to the Lord, says, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me punish my persecutors. Give me time. Don't let me die young for it's for your sake that I'm suffering. When I discover your words, I devour them. They are joy to my heart's delight for I bear your name. O Lord God of heaven's army, heaven's armies. Now, now what, what are we getting at here? I'll take you to one of the one of the most crucial pieces of scripture that line up exactly with this. Now, that was in the Old Testament. Jeremiah said, I devour your words, O Lord. Jesus had not stepped foot on the earth yet. But guess what? Because all scripture is God breathed, he still had something to devour. We have something to devour. So what are you devouring? Are you devouring food for your flesh and video games for your mind and movies, you know, with your wife or girlfriend or whatever on the couch? And, and what are you devouring? What are you feeding yourself? Turn to Hebrews. I know it sounds like I'm coming off like really harsh, but I promise I'm in the best mood today because I tell you, I just, when I get, when I get to talking about the importance of the word, I could just go and go and go. And since I don't have a lot of time left, I'm trying to cram everything into this. And I know I won't be able to get to the third one because I told you I was going to make these a little bit shorter episodes so that you can knock these things out on your way to work, on your way home. Maybe you're, you know, just in the in the most crucial time of your day when you right before a big meeting or before bedtime, you can listen to one of these episodes, be filled with joy, hope and and 
refreshed by the word of God. This is, this is literally the time you can enact this second ingredient. That's what I love about it. All right, turn to Hebrews 4. We're going to go to verse 12. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Write that down. What did I just say that the word of God does? It empowers you. That's one of the words that you should have written down. Here's your backup verse. You got one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. So it's not like I'm just picking scripture out randomly here. It's all throughout the word. For the word of God, verse 12 in chapter 4 of Hebrews, is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost thoughts. Our, literally our innermost thoughts. It will spill your guts before God. Oftentimes, you know, people always wonder, what's the point of praying in tongues? Why, you know, you can just say what you want in English. Why do you have to pray in tongues? There's something, when you pray in tongues, you separate your spirit from your flesh for the time that you're praying because your flesh has no concept of what you're saying, but you pray it because you know you're speaking directly to the Father. In Corinthians, I can't remember if it's in first or second off the top of my head, but I know that Paul said that when you pray in a private tongue, you're praying directly to God. It's not about how fancy you can make the words sound. It's not about how loud you can make it or how crazy you can make the syllables. It's about letting your flesh be completely separate from you praying directly to the Father. It empowers you in another way. Scripture empowers you. It exposes your innermost thoughts and desires. And it will rightly divide between your flesh and your spirit. This is one of the greatest concepts of listening of why Jesus said, Listen to my teachings. It's not just about you being able to recite scripture. It's about digesting. Listening means digesting. What did he tell the rich man? One of Jesus' teachings was, go sell all of your stuff and follow me. And he couldn't do it. He heard exactly what Jesus said. And he said, you know, there was another story of Jesus said, okay, follow me. And he said, let me go kiss my mother and father first. Can't do it. I said, follow me. Like you people always find a way to come up with an excuse last minute. Why not to do something? You know, right now my daughter's taking a nap and I'm recording this episode. I could be taking a nap myself or working on work or whatever, but I'm choosing to find whatever time I can to make these episodes happen to the best of my ability. And though I might've went a couple months without doing them, I, I, I literally regret that. And so I'm putting it into practice now in any way possible. I'm going to make it happen. What else? I'm telling you, it's all through scripture. If you'll submit to listening to the teachings of Jesus, and remember, just because I say that, we're not only focused on what's written in red, though that's probably the most important place to start. But John 1 paints a clear picture that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, meaning that when all scripture was God breathed, it all came from the Godhead and is now written on paper for us to read and digest. So all of it is important for you to dive deeper in. What about Romans 10, 17? Go to Romans 10, 17. And I want to give you time to go there because it's important for you to read it as well. If you're driving, just take a mental note or play this episode later. 
Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith. <laughs> All right, before I read this one, what is the purpose of listening to the scriptures, of listening to the Bible, of listening to Jesus? It builds your faith. There's only one way that faith comes. And if you'll remember from the book of Romans, faith is the only way to be saved. Grace is, the, is what God provides. Faith is what you provide. If there's only grace and no faith, you won't be saved. If there's only faith and no grace, you won't be saved. It's by grace through faith. Faith is the conduit for your salvation. By grace through faith, you are saved. And I know I'm running short on time, but this is good. So give me, give me five more minutes, you guys. By grace, through faith, you are saved. So how does faith come? If that's the case, how does faith come? And this is where it all ties together. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the good news about Christ. Other translations say hearing the word of God. And this, this says it just fine, because remember, Jesus is the pinnacle of all Scripture. So if it says the good news about Christ, all Scripture can be referenced. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You have to get in front of the Word of God. You have to read it, saturate it, write it down, do whatever it takes. I know a lot of people who are better at memorizing video game codes. You know, back in the day on the Nintendo 64, when you, you, when you memorized video game codes, or maybe back on the PlayStation 1, you'd remember these, these crazy combinations, and yet people can't memorize one or two scriptures to back up anything they believe. They just say they believe it. And that's great, but if you only rely on what you're saying and what you're believing, you're going to fall flat. Fall back on the Word. Second ingredient for us is listen to the Word of God. John 8, 47 says this, Whoever is of God hears the truth of God's word. And that ties perfectly with our first ingredient. This is where you see the combination of having one and two, of coming to Jesus and listening to him. John 8, 47, Whoever is of God hears the truth of God's word. So those who come to Jesus and submit their life to him who are of God other translations say, like the Amplified Classics, say that whoever is of God and belongs to Him, just like number one, hears the truth of God's Word. That's number two. And in fact, the Amplified Classic says, says listens to, it literally uses the exact same language in the Hebrew. Whoever is of God and belongs to God listens to the truth. So, let's answer a few questions while I've got you for a couple more minutes today. How do I become a true listener of God's Word? Let's make it really practical. As practical as humanly possible, how do I become a true listener of God's Word? Where I'm not just hearing it, where I'm not just in one ear and out the other, or difficult to, to register Scripture. Here we go. The first and most important. Settle in your spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Recite it every day if you have to. Paint it on your arm in Sharpie. Whatever you got to do. 
settle once and for all 2 Corinthians 5.17. Make it a daily confession. Romans, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that was our first topic, that was our first ingredient, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. Prophesy. You don't even have to prophesy because it's already come to pass. It's already here. If you've given your life to Christ, you are a new creation. All the old is gone. All the new has come. And when something is new, you've got to be the one to mold it or things will mold it around it. Solidify that you are a new creation. Anyone in Anyone who is in Christ is a brand new person. The old is gone, the new has come. That's the first key to becoming a true listener of God. Because what, what, did, what did John 8, 47? Whoever is of God hears the truth of God's word. You can't, you know, Paul was, was very frustrated because he couldn't get the Corinthians to understand the deeper things of God. He was frustrated and he was like, I want to tell you the deeper things, but you won't accept them. Because you're still, you're still, it's still so top soil for you. It's a mile wide and an inch deep. We're ready to go a mile deep. Second thing, meditate on the word day and night. I want you to find three ways that you can have the word in your mind at all times. Let me give you an example. Read it for yourself. Write down scripture. Listen to it by podcast. If you'll do those three things, and there's plenty more ways. If you'll do those three things, meditating on the day and on the word day and night, just like in Joshua chapter one. In fact, I'm going to read to you a couple verses out of Joshua chapter one, because this, you just have to, you have to get this in your spirit. I know I'm going over on time, but I'm just, there's just too much to talk about. Joshua one verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Don't deviate. Remember all scriptures, God breathed. So you need so understand this. Put this in, in concept of Jesus coming to fulfill the law. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be... <laughs> get, get this. Please get this. Then you will be successful in some things you do. No. Everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Now, Joshua was the leader of the Israelites. It was transitioned from Moses to Joshua as they were entering the promised land. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you got to get this. It doesn't come by chance. It doesn't come by the anointing. It comes by you choosing to take God's word serious and act on it. So that's the second thing. We've got settle that you're a brand new creation. And now that you're a new creation, meditate on the word of God day and night, knowing that you can rightly divide the word of truth because you have God's spirit living on the inside of you. The third thing is this. View the Bible as your navigational instruction for life, not just a resource. It is power. I'm going to say that two more times because if you're writing it down, I want you to get it. View the Bible as your navigational instruction. You know what? Don't even view it. I'm going to say this, treat the Bible as your navigational instruction, because that's what he told Joshua. Not, it's not just a resource. Okay, one more time. 
Treat the Bible as your navigational instruction for life. It's not just a resource, it's power. Last time. Treat the Bible as your navigational instruction for life and not just a resource. It is power. If you'll get this in your spirit, then the second ingredient will be a, literally, it will empower you. It will empower you. The word of God, that's exactly what it does. It's alive and active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, just like Hebrews 4 said. Get this in your spirit, and I promise you, things will begin to change. Come to Jesus is our first ingredient. Our second ingredient is you have to listen to the word of God. So so you've got three things you can do to become a true listener of God's word. Find three ways to get the word of God on your system every day and things will change for you. All right, that's all the time that we have for today's episode, you guys. Tune in. We've got one more part to this introduction series before we get into how to live a sin-free life. Sin is not a hold on you anymore with your new life in Christ. All right, you're not going to want to miss next episode. It's going to be part three of our introduction series for the three ingredients for the solid foundation in Christ. All right, guys, I love you. I'll see you in our next episode.